everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Raptors in the Kitchen. It is August the 23rd, 2018. I am one of your hosts, Paco Rodriguez. I am joined by Tommy Vass. Hello. And Neil McCulloch. Hello. How are you guys doing this week? I'm fucking I'm right. Shattered. Shattered. Been a been a busy week. Busy week in the old work. Uh, but other than that, no bads. Like to have seen more films than what I did, but do you know what? Though? You saw more films than I did, Tommy. I know you didn't see anything, did you? Didn't see a Not single one thing. Fucking thing. <laughs> one job. Like right, a... n- nothing new there then. <laughs> <laughs> like a, I did look at the cinema times and stuff after I finished work today, but like the only film that lined up with it was one that I just didn't want to watch. I've already forgot what it was even. Uh, but yeah, there you go. So uh, I'll, I'll, Is I'll, I'll be the uh, the audience participation in this episode. So like, fair enough. I, like for some reason, I had it in my head that we were going to talk about the Meg this week, but you guys spoke about the Meg <laughs> the last time, right? Have yes, you seen we the did. Meg yet? No, because no. like from what I remember of your discussion on it, which like I remember talking to you guys about it. I don't remember you. I don't remember talking about it on the podcast. Like I think that's I the only out. time we all talked about it. Together. Is it? Yeah, yeah. But like you guys didn't yeah. really sound too appealing. Like it sounds kind of dull. It's the safest shark film. You'll ever see. Four yeah, people die. That's one hundred percent. One hundred percent, the safest. How's your week been, Neil? Uh, it's been okay. Uh, it was off uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, Wednesday, and today. Had quite a busy weekend at work. Uh, I've got a wee bit of a cold coming on, so if you hear a lot of random snorting, it's probably yeah. me. Is that normal for you to have like three days off in a row? Well, I was no, I was two days off, but I'd finished at two right. on the day before. Fair Back in work tomorrow. I am, yes. Uh, in work for a nine four tomorrow. Oh. It's fine. What are you after it? Uh, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. Um, um, see what happens. I'm not gonna make any definite plans just now, but if you're up. Kind of, if I'm still up for it and you are up for it, like I possibly get food. Yeah, could do that. Yeah. Yeah, like I might be like, you know, in the worst fucking mood ever tomorrow, man. After I finish work, who knows? So I'm not mm-hmm. going to make any promises. But I, tentatively, let's make plans to eat okay. stuff. Okay. Uh, I can get behind that. Uh, you're also welcome, Tommy. Wait, what time's this happening? Up? Who knows? <laughs> well, I, well I, fin- I finish at four so mm. sometime after that uh, so sometime after that yeah I was going to maybe go watch Festival so I'll see uh, yeah you can do that yourself I was going to watch <laughs> that or The Equalizer but nah, oh, have, you not been, have you not been to The Equalizer either no the only film I've seen is yeah. Christopher Robin with you so uh, we've got an action-packed show this week, guys. Well, Neil, Neil's seen the. I think. I, I, seen I, I, I saw the. Me. I saw this guy who dumped me. Yes. Like uh, I, I, from the messages, apparently you were super baked during that one. That was funny as fuck. Those messages. Uh, I, I was melting into my seat before it just, just before it started. Your wee thought and about the the ovens at Lidl or whatever it was was funny as fuck. I was. I, I was so weird though. It was like you know how you know how when you get these kind of edgy thrillers from like the nineties and they think by having uh, like almost almost Apex twin like 
kind of spooky music. Mm-hmm. They think they're being dead edgy. It's kind of like that. It was that kind of horrible, kind of discordant, kind of fairy tale type, type tune. And, this and is made the it oven, all weird. The ovens at Little. Yeah, because <laughs> see when see when they're finished. <laughs> Right, see when they put put the ovens on at Lidl's right. to cook the bread. Mm-hmm. See when they're finished, mm-hmm. the alarm on them are it's like kind of chimes. Okay. Like kind of chimes of like a music box. Alright. However, right. so they've got a bank of like six of them. So obviously they put on one, set a timer, go, fill the next one, set the timer, go. And so on. Yeah. So when all six of these go off, one of them starts, but then one of them starts in the middle of it. Right. So it's just this cascade effect of kind of noises, uh, sorry, tunes going asynchronously. Did it feel synchronously? No, it was just weird. Okay. So there was that. Check that out, little man. Jeez, oh. Hey. Anything else happened in your guys' this week? Um, uh, not very much. No, I agreed to work my day off, regretting it. Uh, other than that, no, none. I swapped my day off uh, because I've got like a week's holiday coming up. So mm. like rather than having Tuesday off, I've got Saturday off to give me like longer yeah. of a holiday. I absolutely need to get a bloody holiday on the go, man. Shattered. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> But the highlight of my week was watching NXT TakeOver. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, there was some, there was some good wrestling this week. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys didn't even say that ironically or anything. Like, uh, right, so moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to dive straight into the news, are we? Uh, yeah, could do. Is there, is there anything else you want to do? Is there anything, apart from Lidl, what, 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 what product do we... What, 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 what? what? Sports Direct last time we were trying to big up so we can get some free shoes. Is that did that happen? Pretty sure, yeah. yeah. Like, no. what, what? What do you think the chances are that somebody from Sports Direct would ever listen to this podcast? Absolutely none. Well, not what it. I don't know. Quite, our our audience is quite Glasgow based, oh. so I'm sure there's somebody from. But, yeah, I mean Glasgow <laughs> and, and the Netherlands. Have you checked, have you checked <laughs> that yet? I, I I'll check it live right now. Okay, so you guys continue talking, vamp. We will. Um. Before before we get into the news, Neil, do you have any news? Uh, it's only four weeks before I go to Mexico. Film news. Film, f- film news. Not, <laughs> I mean, like not, that's pretty what, cool news. I for him. Last episode got eighty six listens in a week. That's a all du- right double. We know we know. Uh, Canada back in the top countries. Well done, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> There's still 73 in the Netherlands now. This must be like, hold on. Got a couple of top listeners there. A guy called BC Monkey. Yeah, Thanks, so the, the top listeners have all still only listened to it once each. So this is 73 different people from the Netherlands. Rad. Why are we taking off in, a, in Amsterdam? I don't, I don't quite understand it. Is it Neil's stoner connection? Is that what's doing it? Or... <laughs> oh, man. It's good to be big somewhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, uh, hi, everybody in Amsterdam. Well done, guys. Uh, congratulations, well done. Canada, on uh, up. edging out the USA on our uh, top countries <laughs> listener list. Uh, yeah, well, and there we go, them's man. the stats. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> now we get the weekly stats. 
Uh, let's let's dive into the news, shall we? Okay, so earlier in the week, uh, Danny Boyle has walked away from uh, directing the duties of the new Bond film. Uh, it was cited at the time, creative differences, you know, that old uh, chestnut. Uh, but it's now been reported that uh, Danny Boyle was interested in casting Polish actor Tomasz Kot as the villain, but um, Daniel Craig, who has got a, a lot of like say in who gets cast and whatnot, uh, wasn't really happy with it. He thought it was a bit too left field. Uh, and reportedly Barbara Broccoli, the producer, uber producer of the Bond series, uh, is already unhappy about some of Boyle's decisions. Uh, one, bringing in his writing partner, John Hodge, to redo the script, uh, which re- which resulted in uh, the previous script by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, who have been regularly the uh, script writers on the last couple of Bond films, uh, being shelved. So Danny Boyle has I mean, walked, and it was weeks before they're supposed to start principal photography. The last couple being what? What was the like? Skyfall, uh, Quantum. So pretty much since Daniel Craig has been Bond. What was the last Bond movie? What Spectre. Was Spectre. Yeah. That Spectre. wasn't. That wasn't great. No. No. Okay. Skyfall no, it was, was not. Skyfall was well received, but like it's actually quite a kind of balls plot as well, right? Oh, like so Skyfall. like, Danny Boyle has like had a lot of previous success in his screenplays and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they? Why, I don't see what the problem well, is. I don't know, man. You look at well, I mean, look at when Sam Mendes was uh, cat. He was like, he's going to direct Skyfall, and it was a huge success. And then Spectre came out, and it just no, just didn't work. Didn't work. So um, who's who's this guy who was trying to cast? Is, like, do we know who that actor is? Um, he's set. There's a, a film that he's in just now. I think it's just called uh, Cold War, um, and it's been doing the festival rounds. But um, highly lauded, um, well respected, but. I think there's a there's a kind of creative control here because it's not just it's not a case of you're just walking onto any kind of film where you have some clout. I mean the 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 Bond series um has been run by the Broccoli family family pretty much, you know, since it started and it's kind of their way or the highway. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean I can kinda of understand that, but at the same time when you hire somebody with like the chops of Danny Boyle. Yeah. You would kind of think... Academy maybe, Award winner Danny Boyle. Maybe they would kind of trust his stuff a bit, especially considering their decisions in the past haven't exactly paid off for them that well. No, that's right. I mean, that's I, I like Danny Boyle as a director. I was actually kind of excited to see uh, what he would... Uh, what, he, what he'd bring to this film. But again, it's... Or the first two acts, at least. Well... Well, no, no, it's, uh, it's uh, well, to be fair, let me think. Uh, it's all right, it's all right. Well, Alex Garland doesn't write oh, it. Yeah. To be fair, I think John Hodge, he's been like, his writing partner, I mean, they, they both did, they did Shallow Grave, Train Spotting. I mean, I know Train Spotting's an adaptation, uh, but they also did Trance, which makes, is a fucking shite. That was the James McAvoy painting thing. Aye, the painting thing, aye. That had something to do with pubes? Yep, uh, Rosario Dawson, you see her pubes. Apparently, McAvoy was in it, and yeah, that was it. It's a really fucking weird film. It was trying to be clever, but really, ultimately, it didn't make it. The, the plot twist didn't really make any can sense. We, can we unpack the sentence, McAvoy was into it a wee bit more? Aye, McAvoy was into it. <laughs> Does that mean that, like, is in the actual actor James McAvoy was into the whole pubes. Rosario Dawson's pubes thing, or the character? The character was. was. Right, okay. He had right. a thing about... I thought maybe there was, like, some story he, he here had, that I didn't no, know about. No, he had a thing about, like... Like certain art where pubes were in paintings and 
for some reason she was seen like it's like oh she's a work of art and he never she or or wait hold on it may have been hold on it might be the other way around because I'm sure there's a scene in the film where Rosario Dawson um, I think she gets she shaves her pubes then goes and has sex with him or is it she just comes out and she's got I don't know it's something like that it's a really I won't say pivotal scene but it's not really it's it, the trance was a shite horror film I am <laughs> a kind of guessing here that like when we spoke about trance the last time I brought this up because like it came so readily in my mind this time around now mm-hmm. talking about it but like yeah, just you're talking about using the pubes in paintings and stuff. Like I mean, this is, I mean, using the pubes in paintings tangentially related. Jesus, that sounds like a but, fucking uh, episode of Euro Trash. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was about to bring up. Like, have we spoken about this before? Uh, I don't know. I, there was there was an episode of Euro Trash where like some guy was like doing paintings entirely made out of his own shit. Oh no, I remember and, that uh, one. Yeah, that like, was right, but it was a he, guy in Italy. Yeah, he would like fucking eat different things, so you got like different, different colors for the different parts. Of the and he was paintings. doing like fucking landscapes and all that because he lived in Italy and it was like landscapes of like fucking fields and all that, but it was all shit. The Euro Trash was great because like, see, I mean Euro Trash was essentially like the only way you could watch. Any kind of porn before the internet was a thing. Aye, but it was not not only that. It had the comedic value of like the voiceovers being done by like ridiculous like Cockney accents. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I like to take a shit and then I like just bite stuff. And you're just yeah. like that is absolutely probably not what the guy's saying. But it was just a total mockery on like the fucking fun and weird shit of Europe. Uh, Remember the guy who presented. Th- thanks. Hmm? Thankfully, we don't have any listeners under the age of twenty-five. Who will have no idea what you are talking about? Oh yeah, it was a nineties show in on Channel Four in Britain on Channel Four, uh, and yeah, it was a late night fucking. It was basically a late night freak show, pretty much. Um, which which was also had porn sections in it though, right? I yeah, you had uh, that lassie with who had like was the, the biggest breasts ever. It was like what, Lola, was, I think her name was. Was it named not Lulu Ferrari tits? It, was that not her actual name? It might have been. She had the, the Guinness. It was. It was Lola Ferrari. Lola Ferrari. There you go. Um, and uh, I was a- Anton. Yeah, he was. He did the foot pass all the effort for a while. You mind that? Was it not like that designer guy? Was he not in it for a while? Uh, John Paul Gaultier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god! No, that's the not one. that I watched it all the time or anything. That's the. <laughs> one. It was so, it, again. It really lived up to its title. It was so trashy yeah. and shitty the way it was done. It was. A, it had a total fucking comedic charm to it. It, it was where I found out uh, furries were a thing. It was the first time I'd ever heard of that furries. That was a thing even the 90s, I, yeah. I thought it was a recent thing. Because like, they were just like talking about like there was a furry convention that had been going on and like they totally... I mean, I don't know, are furries exclusively about sex? Or do you get like some furries who just like the idea of like kind of human-styled animals? Or like, I don't know. I don't like, know. They, they I don't know. I don't, I don't roll made, in them circles. But. <laughs> they made everybody out of this convention to be like just total perverts. Uh, which if, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. If uh, if any of the listeners happen to know or could could help Paco and his uh, query there, they just you know wrap the rappers of the podcast uh, the usual shit, man. He'd love to hear from you. I'm sort not, that out. I'm not so sure I would. But, uh, Please do. That'll be funny as fuck. Um. But yeah. So I don't. I don't quite think we are the the podcast to do a deep dive into furry culture. Nah, we don't know <laughs> fucking nothing about it. <laughs> This is your chance to educate yourself, though. Uh, yeah, so that's why you should send all your shit to Paco's Twitter and I'll read it. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> um, next piece of news. Um, Paul Walker's brothers would like to appear 
in more Fast and the Furious films. Uh, they want to um, they want to come back and like you know again honor his memory uh, by cameo, having a cameo where maybe he comes in and saves the day again. Uh, that's a bad idea. Yeah, definitely. It would absolutely I, make the end of Fast Seven redundant. I take it you yeah, know that uh, it's, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. I take it you know that they were actually in the the last one though. Yeah, what, Fast Eight. Yeah, no, no, the one with Paul Walker was that Fast Eight? No, it's Fast Seven. Fast yeah, I know. Fast yeah, seven yeah, yeah I know that. Like I we know. used like his brother as like a, a body double for a lot of the shots. You, you can yeah. tell what it is. The the fight when he fights. Um, is it J- who is it? The raid. What's the guy's name? Oh shit! I can't mind his name. When they fight, when he fights, I mean, I almost said Jet Li, which is completely wrong. No, I can't mind. What's his name? <laughs> right the raid. It is him, right? I don't know his name. I don't remember. I can just kind Rama. of remember. Just say Rama, right? I can remember a fight happening. Yeah, it's dark. It's dark. That's <laughs> it. That's his brother. Uh, the bit where they're at the beach. That's his brother. The kind of dodgy, tiny dodgy CGI bit at the end when he looks at Vin Diesel and the cars and go the off and separate. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. When that he, a really, he, that's a really down, cool ending. So when he just, goes down a separate road. Yeah, it's cool. It's very, very cool. Um, so I'm like, yeah, man. It's also just really, it's also just really distasteful because these are clearly the brothers just trying to make a cash grab. Yeah, it's like yeah, you, you, they they had the fucking touching send off. Like, you know, yeah, done. Yeah. yeah, so it's like why, why you don't need that. The fast franchise doesn't need that. In many ways, the Fast franchise needs to end. Yes, it does. Um, yeah. So, that was that. Um, the Deadwood movie <coughs> is set to start shooting uh, October the 5th, uh, with most of the cast returning. Uh, and uh, Daniel Minahan is directing. I'm guessing he is a regular director on the show. Um, the the script which was done by the creator David Melch has been uh, heavily praised by the cast. I think the only one that can't come back is um, shit. What's his name? He he's, he plays Bosch. Is it? Uh, I don't I don't want to say Cy Tolliver. Is that not uh, Battlestar Galactica? No, that's Soltai. Soltai. Is it? Is it Cy Tolliver? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, he um, he can't <coughs> come back because of his uh, shooting schedule for uh, Bosch. So. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that because Deadwood ended on such a fucking yeah. note where you're like, it just ended. It's like nothing has been resolved. Nothing. I yeah, I don't really remember it. Yeah, there was so much fucking like to be done, and it was like, no, we just we're we're, we're cancelled, and that's it. So it's nice to see that. Hopefully, we'll get a, a nice. We'll get Tommy, <laughs> Tommy's earbud just fell out. Yeah, he's a... it totally fell out. Let me see. Right, there we go back. Hopefully, we'll get answers, much like we did for Twin Peaks: The Return. Well, we got we got mostly <laughs> all the all yeah. the answers. We, we got we got we got some answers and some we didn't, and it's okay. So was Twin Peaks the was that good in the end? Did that? I loved the ending. Yeah, that's the, brilliant. The ending made up for a lot of the fucking boring shit that was happening week in and week out. Um, but the ending was fucking excellent. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, more cast news for um, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, John Hamm and Ed Harris have joined the cast. Um, I don't know if we, we kind of discussed a wee bit of the plot, but I mean, it's you know, it's not hard to work out. Um, Tom Cruise's Maverick is now an instructor. Uh, he's taking Miles Teller under his wing, and it's basically to concentrate on the fact that uh, these days it's more about drones uh, that are replacing fighter pilots. So right, that's so what, essentially it's just like an hour and a half of. People who were really good at flying planes just being blown up. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, or you know, a drone might be on its way to bomb something that's not supposed to, and Mav has to get back in the yeah. jet and. That that out. will be that will be the last act of that film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I can remember man has to <laughs> there was like an article or something that I read a wee while back that was saying that like uh, drones have now got to the point where when they do actually go in simulated kind of dogfights with actual pilots, like they just win every time. There is no way like a human pilot can now out, uh, out kind of pilot a drone. Yep. We're fucked. Yep, Terminator. Yeah, it's going to happen. Use reward. <laughs> Can't believe no one paid attention to that documentary. Fucking hell, I did. <laughs> is that I why did. You I'm ready, mate. Is I'm that ready. why you hate technology? I'm ready for it, man. Absolutely, because I know it's going to defeat me in the end. Um, I mean, that or heart disease. That or heart disease. We'll see, we'll see which one wins we'll out first. Yeah, that's true. Um, Bad Boys 3 is set for a very early 2020 release. Neil, did you know the directors that are uh, doing this? Uh, it's a couple of guys called Bilal uh, Filha and Adib El Arbi. It's not Joe Carnahan anymore. Yeah, it's not Carnahan. I didn't know that Carnahan had pulled out. Apparently they've been in it since January. And I was like, fuck, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I looked to be some... honest, I haven't seen a lot of news come out about that. Yeah. Well, it, well, used to be, it got announced and then it kind of disappeared away, again. Yeah. Um, yeah, Will Smith's going to do that and then he's going to pretty much go from that to doing uh, Bright 2, which I'm surprised is getting a sequel. Um, and it's David Ayer that's returning for that as well. Yeah, I'm very surprised that's getting a sequel. Actually, it wasn't well received. I didn't mind it. I thought I thought it was it wasn't it wasn't amazing, but I didn't think it was the fucking trash fire that everyone was making out to be. Um, I thought it had some good ideas. Uh, maybe in the sequel they'll kind of flesh them out and it'll be a wee bit more. You know, might be a bit better. We'll wait and see. Um, that's really all the news I've got. Um, the other stuff is again the continuing Hollywood scandal of. Um, let me see. Was it uh, uh, vocal? A uh, vocal and visible advocate of the hashtag #MeToo movement, Asia Argento, has settled out of court uh, with a young man who was suing her for um, sexual misconduct. Okay. Uh, and uh, the guy, the basically the, the boy was seventeen at the time. She was thirty-seven, and the consenting age in California is eighteen. And she settled out of court. Uh, the boy is actor Jimmy Bennett, who was young Kirk in. 2009's oh, uh, Star Trek. So, so yeah. like, like I don't understand that though, right? If the age of consent in, would you say it was California? Yes. Is 18? He was 17. Yeah, but like, how can they say, like, should she not just be getting jail time for, like, rape, essentially? Well, if it, if it goes to the court. Yeah, which it, it didn't, like, it settled out of court. But like, I didn't think that that was a, a like, she broke the law, though. I don't understand how that works. But like, it's not a case of it's, like it's different laws, different states. But you know what I mean, though. It's like it's that's rape. That's statutory rape. Mm. I know okay, because um, they're like legally not allowed to consent. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't understand how that can be settled out of court. Like that well, should just be it's like, kinda like she back, gets done. It's kind of like back in the day when um, Michael Jackson settled out of court. Yeah, like now that you mention it, actually, that's also kind of fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, eventually, years later, yeah. it did go to court. But, like, with his one, it was, like, the whole set on it. It was more of a debate of whether or not it happened or not. So, okay, like, is you... that what the case is with this? It's not like... No, like, it, it happened, apparently. 
Well, no, Argento is saying that there, that it didn't happen. All right, I thought there was. I thought there was like. Uh, all right, okay. So Argento is Argento is saying that she never ever slept with him. Right. So it getting settled out of court is essentially yeah. that other person now backs down and like she yeah. doesn't get. Like, okay, I see. I she, see. I yeah. get it. I get it. Yeah. Once tried. In she's court, she's she's tried. also she's also come out this week saying that it wasn't her decision to settle out of court, that it was Anthony Bourdain's decision that she should settle out of court. So she's obviously trying to save face with her Me Too pals mm. by bl- blaming that decision on the man. Mm. Yeah, like it was the fact, it was the whole, oh man, she's now never kind of side of the tracks in, in terms of the, the whole Me Too thing. Uh, appar- apparently the Italian media has had an absolute field day with us. Have they? Yeah, I was reading an article about that today, that they've gone totally daft. So and... does she still have like an active career? Yeah, like... well, see the, see the guy, uh, he was, she, they think they first met when she was directing a film and he was starring in it, like back in right. said time it happened. Uh, I think he said that he is leaving the industry to focus on his music. Um, never heard of his stuff. Wait and see. Uh, yeah, I think she still has uh, an active uh, career. So do you think? This, yeah, this she's, will affect she's still them? about. I don't think it's going to affect her. I think this no. is very much it's it's this week's news, and then that'll be it'll yeah. be away. Okay. It's this week's it's this week's outrage. There'll be something new next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, in saying that, you're saying that about the Italian press. I mean, this is this is a nation that had Silvio Berlusconi in charge for so long. <laughs> Just... Well, that's 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 what's kind of happening. It's like they're seeing this as a big victory against like, <clears throat> that style of feminism and that movement. So, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's a really kind of tit for tat. Oh wait, you think all, all men are scumbags and rapists? But then this oh, happened. Uh... Here's one. Here's one of your own type thing. I can see that why they would latch onto that, but like at the same time, like surely, just the fact that the rates at which this happens are like completely yeah. skewed towards men kind of nullifies that argument entirely. Oh, it's, it's total pet. It's petting us, yeah. but that's, that's what modern journalism is these days. Yeah. Um, that's the that's all the news I got. Uh, you got you got much <clears> on the go, Neil? Uh, what news do I have on the go? I have a very little news. Some would say none. Yeah, we're, we know you're going to Mexico. <laughs> We've covered that. <laughs> Watch out, Mexico. Uh, is right. it, so, like, it's an all-inclusive thing you're going on, right? Five-star all-inclusive. Like, is it the sort of holiday where you will never leave the actual kind of hotel grounds kind of thing? No, no. Uh, where we're going seems to be kind of a bit more upmarket, a bit posher, uh, and supposedly very safe. Right, supposedly. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, how close to uh, like, Mexico we're, we're, City are you? Uh, we're on the coast. Mexico City is pretty central. Right. Uh, that, I mean, that's, the only, get, that's the only place I know get, in Mexico, so uh, that's the end of that discussion. <laughs> you, can get kid, you can get kidnapped anywhere in the world. I mean, I, I guess what you've really got going for you is that no one would want to take you, Neil. So. Exactly. I have, <laughs> I, I, I have no worth. <laughs> oh my god! 
both monetary or as a person. So wow, I... fucking hell. <laughs> you know I love you, man. You know I love you. Hmm. Uh, you just, just wouldn't pay the ransom, would you? <laughs> I mean, maybe, I guess. Like, why would they come to me? I don't know, man. They, they might know this podcast. <laughs> but we've got your guy. <laughs> Several internet celebrities. Yeah, that's right. Well, in Holland we are. <laughs> so <laughs> right, so trailers. Paco didn't watch any. I'm with a bit. I I saw the trailer for Outlaw King, which uh, is starring Chris Pine as Robert the Bruce. Yeah, uh, why is why is Chris Pine Robert the Bruce? Why was Mel Gibson a uh, William Wallace? He was well. He was at least directing the thing, so um, it was obviously going to be a vanity project. The reason I think Chris Pine has been cast is because the director is uh, David McKenzie, who directed him in Hell or High Water. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But Hell and High Water set in Texas, you could do a Texas accent. Whereas this is Robert the Bruce. Why would anybody think Chris Pine could be Robert the Bruce? I, do you know, like, see, watching the trailer. I thought his accent was alright. More importantly, it's also got a Sean Hastings from my work in it. That's right. <laughs> Who? <laughs> nobody was. Do you play, you see, do you play a guy in I think like he's played several people in it because like from the sounds of it, he's like a Scottish guy who dies a couple of times and an English guy who dies a couple of times. Sweet. Like a Sweet. He's gonna like, I think the longest credits. <laughs> yes. Like guy one, guy two, English guy like, one. Uh, I think from what he was saying, like Chris Pine has got like a little posse of people who kind of are just hanging about him throughout the movie, and uh, he's like one of them. So, uh, well, the whole idea being, well, from what I can see, it's when obviously I'm not um, talking about the army. I mean, like no. he's got like a smaller group of friends. <laughs> right. Okay. No, because I think going by the trailer, it looks as if like it's the time when Robert the Bruce is exiled, um, and then comes back. But I think I think it looks quite good there. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm like, yeah, I've I've not seen Hell or High Water. I've got it through in the room, and I I should watch it's good, it. It's quite good. Hell and High Water is good. Right, here's a question: Is it? How, have you seen Wind River yet? No. Right, damn it. Okay, never mind. Um, right. So the next trailer is King Lear. Uh, did you see that trailer pack? I don't think so. Though that that name is really familiar. Is that like based on like a? It's a Shakespeare play. Right. Um. So, yeah, in, in this case, it looks like it's set uh, in modern uh, modern times. In oh, man, shocker. And it's uh, Tony Hopkins is playing King Lear. It's got Emma Thompson, Jim Broadbent. I thought it looked more like it was kind of World War Two. You, sh- you sure? I wasn't sure, man. Like, Yeah, just from a lot of Emma Thompson's um, uh, costume, is it? It, looked, it looked more... Kind of either post World War One, pre War, pre World War Two, kind of era, kind of Downton Abbey. It just the kind of times. Have, have they de Shakespeare it though? Like, is it modern no. English or is it like actual? Just no, it's, it's, it's still Shakespeare. Yeah, right? it looks as if they might be going the the Ray Fiennes Coriolanus way. Things were well to me. I thought it looked modern, but with Shakespeare but language. Um, but was yeah. it like the. Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, was that like modern? Yeah, that was modern day because they had like guns but it, and shit. But it had right? Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Sorry, I had some Shakespeare language. <clears throat> um, but yeah, um, I've I'm I'm try and help me out here, Neil. So the story of King Lear is about a king who is dividing up his land and is going to leave it. Uh, I think traditionally it was his two sons 
but in this case, yeah. they've switched it to his, his daughters. Where yeah. but, but one is a spoiled brat. And oh my god, forced diversity 2018, am I right? And that seems to be the one <laughs> that Lear, who looks like a mad eccentric old <clears throat> man, is leaving his possessions well, to, and it might not be the best idea. Well, the kind of crux of it is he's leaving them, he's splitting up his kingdom uh, based on the level of affection each each daughter or in the original one's sons has for him. Mm-hmm. So, so no one, it's not an even split. So that's where you get the daughters fighting amongst each other. Okay. And it kind of all stems out from that. Hey, what, what is the famous quote from this one? Like, there's probably a few. I, I'm not sure. Don't know. I don't think I've seen a King Lear uh, adaptation. I'm interested to see Kurosawa's one because apparently that's shit hot. R- Rana is shit hot. Yeah. Rana is an amazing film. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the only one. Quite a few. I think. Shall I? Shall I list them? No, because lists <laughs> are never ever interesting ever. I'm ashamed to say I've never seen a Kurosawa film. No, really not really Did you that. not have like one? I got. I got a lend off. Uh, uh, fellow podcaster Andy Craddock and I still have his is it Seven co- Samurai? copy of Seven Samurai how many years have you had that? oh a while now man I'm pretty sure I'd, I will like I'll just give it back to Craddock next time I see him I will watch it but um, I, I want to see a bunch of Kurosawa stuff I just haven't yet unfortunately but, maybe pull your finger at your arse I want to see is it, is it um, the Macbeth one is that Throne of Blood? Uh Yes, that's Throne of Blood, because Rashomon's the one which Hero is based off of. Right. And then, uh, oh shit, what's that? Is there one, is it called, not, is it, not Fort, Fortress in the Sky, what's it called? Oh, um, <clears throat> I want to say the, I want to say the Hidden Fortress, but that's not it. Is that not it? Yeah, there's a, put it this way, there's a Because it's the one that's got elements of Star Wars in it. Or right. Star Wars has elements of that. Yeah. Was Ran like one of his last ones? Was that not like, part funded by like Spielberg and Lucas because it was like mid 80s and like Kurosawa's coming to the end of his career or whatever I don't think Ran I don't think Ran is right, I thought Ran was like 84 or something like that so I'm pretty sure it's one of the only films uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for um, uh, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's made with Spielberg money though right. uh, was it is there another one is it called uh, is it Drunken Angel I don't know Drunken Angel. Right, this has now got to the point where like, this is... We're just, just listing really, stuff yeah, off. Yeah, not... sorry, right? Okay, let's get back on point. The other trailer was Hold the Dark. Um, it's from the director. You remember... Uh, did you watch The Green Room, Michael? That's the one with... Mm. It's the rock band. Uh, their, their lives are being threatened. Patrick Stewart's in it as a badass. Oh, I don't think so. I thought you might have seen it. Um, Wait a minute, was that like a movie? Was that a TV show? That was a movie. What was it? To, well, I don't know what I'm thinking of. Never mind. Did you, did you see that, Neil? It was alright. It was okay. I liked it. It was alright. Um, but yeah, from the the, that, the director um, of that is going to be making Hold the Dark, which uh, has Alexander Skarsgård and Jeffrey Wright. And the premise is it, it seems to take place in like a kind of snowy mountain town where a mother's son has been uh, kidnapped, she says, by wolves. And Jeffrey Wright is going to come in and possibly hunt the wolves because nobody else will do it. The minute I heard that, I was like, so is this going to be like The Ghost of the Darkness? Remember that film from the 90s with Val Kilmer and Michael <laughs> Douglas? But so, as the trailer goes on, it's like, nah, there's more at play here. It wasn't just wolves snatched a kid. How could it be kidnapped by wolves? That's what I'm saying, though. I was like, wait a minute, is this a ghost, The Ghost of the Darkness kind of thing? 
but it's not. It as it goes on, it looks as if there's like possibly some kind of wit. Well, maybe some kind of yeah. I I, I bet it's going to turn. I bet it's going to turn out that it wasn't wolves, but yeah. the wolves were in fact people. Yeah, yeah. So werewolves is what you're saying there then. Mm. No. No, 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 not like there's werewolves going about. It's kind of like I the wolves think... being controlled. Okay. It looked to me like it looked to me like there's going to be a certain aspect of like Native Native American kind of folklore. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, totally. So if it's in Canada, it may be a Wendigo. Yeah. Actually, I, I thought the film looked alright. Yeah, I thought it was looks okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is all the trailers I've seen. Um, did you see any other trailers? What shed some light on none that I can think I... of. I saw the Halloween trailer for the first time on the big screen. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen what it does. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, okay, well, let's delve right into the films. So, Paco, you haven't seen anything. I need to keep bringing it up, Tony. <laughs> you have one job. No, uh, yeah, it's not watching films. It is. Uh, so about my actual job? Eh? No, you've got a, you've got this that one job for this podcast. <laughs> uh, is that not hosting? No. Like I'm pretty sure it is. Like I do the intros. That's my one job. Oh wait, well you do the edit as well. But yeah, mean, that doesn't. So I've got time. several jobs, is what you're saying? Nah. Well, you should be the most important job is your content. <laughs> yeah, and I'm supplying it. <laughs> okay. These hot takes. Uh huh. Um, Neil, what films did you watch this week? That weren't the ones in the cinema, if any. Um, I didn't really watch any films because I was watching Happy. Oh man, Netflix. that was well good. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about Happy? Uh, let's talk about Happy, but we got time. Uh, Happy is based on the Grant Morrison comic book of the same name. It's about an ex in New York City police officer who has become a hitman and is essentially a drunk, a drug, drug addict, just a general piece of shit. Yeah, disgraceful. Uh, and in the process of him making a bust, uh, well, not making a bust, sorry, uh, take, uh, going on a hit, uh, it becomes apparent that a child has been kidnapped. Uh, the child's imaginary friend, which is a blue unicorn, uh, finds this police officer and gets the police, well, the former police officer to help him find the girl's kidnapper. Mm-hmm. And from there on, it opens up a whole dark web of pedos, crazy Santas, mafia, mm-hmm. uh, bringing people back from the dead, mm-hmm. uh, and just general violence um, and hijinks. Yes. Um, we should also add it is directed by one of the guys that did Crank, and you can tell. <laughs> yeah. It is, if you like the film Crank, you will enjoy Happy. It has got that quick edit, uh, dirty, sleazy kind of comedy. Uh, the action is brutal. Um, and it's uh, it's just good, man. I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it. It ticked all the boxes for me. Yeah. Even when it went fucking mega weird. Like when Neil was saying, it was a dark web of like, you know, like pedos and you know orgy parties and that and you just see at one point you see everyone dressed as a furry furry yeah, yeah, orgy yeah, parties yeah. at this point can i also just apologize to the listeners in case they can hear 
all the fucking annoying Rangers fans out in the street because uh, Rangers are playing in Ibox today and they're currently just making fucking noise outside. Oh, that's what happens yep. in football and days. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. so... Um, fucking cretins that they are. Uh, right? Anyway, so happy. Absolutely recommend that on Netflix if you like your kind of sleazy action comedy crank-esque fun. I also on Netflix... I've watched all of Matt Groening's new new show, Disenchanted. Um, all right, I thought that I was don't... a movie. No, it's a ten ten part show. Yeah, it's yeah. on yeah. Is it any good? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It takes a couple of episodes to get going. Um, I don't know how much of that is that it's a wee bit slower paced than uh, Selling the Simpsons. And Futurama, uh, but it's more like Futurama in the sense of it's building a story with every episode. It's, there seems to be an over there's a an overreaching arc which plays out. Uh, yeah, by the end of the tenth episode, I'm just quite I'm quite happy to watch more of it whenever it appears. Is that on? Is that on Netflix? Yeah, sure. on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix, a Netflix own is it? Is it a Netflix original series? Is have that you right? watched it? Yeah. No, I've not watched it yet. Uh, I have been watching. Uh, did you get all the eps in the one go deal? Of what? This uh, Chapman. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. Fucking bastard. Um, Better Call Saul is back fourth season, and it is weekly, and it is fucking annoying because I'm loving it. Tell me about it, man. Attack on Titans coming out week by week as well, <laughs> and like each episode of that is only fucking 20 minutes long. It's an absolute nightmare. Mm. I know. But uh, it is, it sucks, man. Like, Happy was all there, and I was happy to binge that, no bother. And then it's like, yeah, but we can't give you this all in the one go. I'm like, fucking why not, man? But anyway. Is, is that not because... Uh, Better Call Saul isn't a Netflix TV show; it's an AMC TV show, it's, and it's oh, it's oh, aired. Right, right, it goes on to Netflix like a day after it's been on AMC. Yeah, so it's like in, in America and not, stuff. It won't even be on Netflix. It's like they've got yeah. it over here, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know because it's, AMC. No, is, sorry, I don't even know. Because there's quite a few shows Netflix does that with. The Once Upon a Time, so that Star Trek. If it's an American network TV program, <clears throat> they 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 do concurrent episodes. I, mean, I, I guess because like I mean, their characters that were originally on Breaking Bad, which was an AMC show, but again, it comes up a Netflix original series. So I don't know—is it because they have characters it's, from? It's just yeah, because they've got yeah. the exclusive rights to it in yeah. this territory. That's all it is. That 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 comes up for loads of stuff. Like the, I've watched documentaries. On on Netflix, which I've watched on likes of Channel Four and BBC, yeah. and know that they're there, they made them, and it says a Netflix original. I mean, for fuck's sake, it's just it, it's just because they've bought the rights. It said it with the rest of development. Yeah, well, I know that like season four, they said it with that because like they revived it, you know, because <clears throat> it was it was done and dusted, and I've not seen season five, and I don't know if I want to. Um, because I was so um, by the fourth season. Do you remember the film the Hit, the Hitman's Bodyguard? Yes, I remember watching that, and it came up as being a Netflix original movie. All right, okay. When that guy's cinema release and everything. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I think like um, I'm trying to think. There's there. I think there there are certain Netflix films that will get a selected cinema cinema release, but yeah, exclusively they'll get it because I I think. I don't know, I think Scorsese's next movie will get a selected cinema release, but it's a Netflix film, so we'll wait and see. Uh, oh, I did watch um, I did watch a film last night. Um, I don't know why. Like I've kind of, it's always been the back burner. I was just like, oh, I'll stick it on the night. Um, it's Neil Jordan's uh, nineteen ninety six film Michael Collins about uh, the uh, the Irish. It's the Irish um, civil war and the Irish kind of revolution of nineteen twelve uh, and uh, sorry nineteen. 16. Um, it stars Liam Neeson, uh, Julia Roberts, uh, Aidan Quinn, and Stephen Ray. And yeah, it's about uh, Michael Collins, a figurehead in the IRA, who is basically trying to free Ireland from British um, rule. Um, oh, and uh, who else is in it? Sorry. Uh, Alan Rickman's in it as well. Um, and then it's basically about that like kind of whole historical period of like what happened <coughs> and uh, how the there, there was a ceasefire and then a truce and then it became the idea that Ireland could be a free state but has to swear oath to the king and Michael Collins is sent over there by the president of well the president of Ireland played by uh, Alan Rickman knowing that there's not they're not going to get the independent uh, state of Ireland it's they will get this and Michael Collins agrees to it and inevitably splits the IRA down uh, where uh, some are for the truce because it is a stepping stone to getting eventually what they want. Others are like, no, it's completely going against everything. We shouldn't have to swirl with the king. And that was it. It was actually very, very good. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. There was a lot. There was a <clears throat> a lot of history there that I was unaware of. Um, um, Liam Neeson's excellent in it, um, as is Alan Rickman. Uh, Julia Roberts has a bit of a dodgy Irish Irish accent, but she's fine. Uh, Aidan Quinn and Stephen Ray are good in it as well it, and uh, I, know, I just I was like this is a Neil Jordan film and then I just kind of went through his filmography he's like man Neil Jordan's made some great movies like where, where the fuck is he now you know what I mean what else has he done Interview with the Vampire oh okay that is a really good film uh, The Crying Game I've never seen that actually it's fine It's I don't think it's gr- as great as everybody makes out it would be but do you want to be better trivia for The Crying Game it's, is he going to ruin the twist well, I mean, everyone knows the twist, though, right? Is, is it to do with Stargate? It is to do with Stargate, Neil. Well done. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've covered this. Have sure. we? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yay. The character of Dill is in Stargate. Not as that character, but the... He is Ra. He's Stargate. Ra in it, yeah. Um, and he's, do you, would you, did you like his performance in Stargate? Yeah. I thought he was, like, a really good uh, fit for that, that role. I like an Egyptian god like the kind of just being menacing but useful at the mm. same time and like he's got quite, he does have like a, a kind of really big presence for somebody with kind of such a slight frame yeah and that extremely mediocre Roland Emmerich movie shut up Tommy Stargate is like it's not a really well. good it's a really good sci-fi it's um, not aged well it's not better than Universal Soldier it's fucking well better than Universal Soldier what's wrong with you what's wrong with you man what's wrong with you oh my god look Amsterdam I can only apologise Tommy Vass just doesn't know what he's talking about right? that's right I don't know what I'm talking about you just have a thing for Stargate when you defend it no it's like Stargate is shite. Stargate is like the just most sensible uh, like sci-fi show that spans different kind of 
solar systems and stuff like that. Like even all, though they're all forest moons of Endor. Yeah, it's all Vancouver. <laughs> like we've covered that a million times, but like it's just it's the one sci-fi show that like makes the most sense. It's even in Atlantis are they in Vancouver filming? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, yeah. When obviously, like, it's CGI where it's the the water planet where the city of Atlantis is based, but right. like a. Uh, for every other planet, it's just a Vancouver Woods. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. It spans different places <laughs> that all look the same. <laughs> and you've got a problem with the, the fucking fashion as well. You've yeah. told that many a time, so you're defending yeah. it, but there's so many fucking things that annoy you. Like, is that, it? Is that, is everybody's evolved buttons and zips. Yeah, and collars and stuff. It's like everybody has, like, yeah. But like, Stargate Atlantis is even worse for that, though, because like the, the main kind of bad guy race aliens are like essentially space goth vampires. Uh, but like, they're all about just like dominating other cultures and like harvesting people and stuff like that. But then they've all got like these kind of really elaborate, shiny black clothes. It's like, who made that? Like, are they like space goth <laughs> vampire tailors that just like. Are they really all about the fucking harvesting humans part and just why sit there and make a dress or whatever? Like, well, what, what's worse, uh, the fashion in Stargate or the fashion in Star Trek uh, gen- uh, Next Gen? Uh, do you mean, are you talking particularly about the, the when they're not when they're things? not on the sh- when they're oh, not, right, when, they're not just the, when they're not officers the when they're well, when, well, they're, when they're chilling or when they're on um, when it looks resin. like when it looks like well, they're just taking a, every nineties mother's curtains and wore them as clothes. <laughs> Okay, you talk about Whoopi Goldberg's costume. <laughs> also, seeing Star Trek Next Generation, why why do they feel that human achievement never get past the Renaissance? That's just Star Trek, though, isn't it? No, nobody ever listened. Like anytime they go into somebody's yeah, cabin, no, it's not, they're always no, class. No, no, it's, it's it's worse than that. Like it, it is I, again a total shortcoming of the writers in it, where like a. Star Trek The Next Generation is set in the 24th century and nothing that happens past the 21st century is ever mentioned in it other than like... Oh, like 20th century. Some, like, yeah, 20th century. Some, yeah, uh, some kind of scientific footnotes like the, the warp drive stuff and that will get kind of touched upon with First Contact. But like, mm. yeah, all art and yeah. music yeah. and... Yeah. But the best book ever is still Moby Dick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they, they do reference, like, I think Bob Dylan gets referenced a couple of times and, like, some other kind of more kind of contemporary uh, artists and stuff. But yeah, you're right, Neil. Like, that's a big, big feeling of Star Trek. Yeah. Is At like, one point, does Paddy Shirtle say he could be the next leader <clears throat> or Can Newman sing? So, like, yeah. There was only, there was only yeah, two exactly, guys exactly. in the whole history. <laughs> <laughs> She's really, like, I mean, everybody goes on about how good Patrick Stewart is in the next gen, and he is really good, but, like, there's this story arc where, like, he gets trapped in, like, a computer simulation for essentially an entire lifetime, where he has, like, a wife and kids and stuff. Oh, and is that the one with the wee flute? Yeah, and, like, the guy, uh... the guy whose kind of memories trapped in this simulation, like, plays a little shitty tin flute thing, mm. and then for, like, seasons afterwards, they keep making him play that fucking flute, and it sounds terrible. Like, it's so dreadful, it's like, just give it up, man, you look like a fucking dweeb. So is that, like, just what you said there, is that kind of like in, the, well, not the plot, in Generations, where he's stuck in the Nexus, he's got a family and this, and there, and it's kind of living out a fantasy. No, that's, that's his brother's family. The, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They, they right. unceremoniously just tell you I've died in a house fire. <laughs> <laughs> his vineyard's all right, though. <laughs> well, the, the whole flute thing just felt like this really weird attempt to try and humanise Picard. It doesn't. It, no, it, it totally doesn't. The, the sentiment behind it is really cool, though, because, like, the fact that they keep bringing that flute back is, like, 
showing that the experiences that happened to him during that lifetime where he had a family and grew old like a like they still play on his mind like it's still a part of his character but it's just the noise of the actual fucking flute itself is just so irritating like do you know one of my favourite things that Picard does is in First Contact where he goes apeshit and starts yeah. wrecking his, yeah, yeah, yeah. his fucking models and the stuff. line must be drawn here no further no just yeah. <laughs> you broke your little shit <laughs> Uh, laughing aside, first contact's well good. <laughs> I, I don't think it holds up as well as it used to. It's aged. It, it's, it's still enjoyable, yeah. but it's it's a film of issues. Yeah, <laughs> I do like it though. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so that was Michael Collins that I watched. Uh, <laughs> so let's uh, let's move on to uh, this week's big releases. Oh, the hot new releases. The hot new releases, and actually, probably not. <laughs> They're the two ones that we we would have usually watched. Oh, so, hold on, you have watched more than one film. I thought you just watched Christopher Robin. Neil no. watched The Spy Who Dumped oh, Me, because that's yeah, where yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. about the Little Ovens was coming from. Oh, oh so let, let's be honest, Tommy. Of course, I was going to go and watch The Spy Who Dumped Me. You already told and, me that. Uh, and of course, I was going to go watch Christopher Robin. Well, I, because well, we'll we both watched Christopher Robin, right? You talk about The Spy Who Dumped Me first. The new Mila Kunis-Kate McKinnon farce. Um, I will just say that I quite enjoyed this film. There's and... for that, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I think that helped my enjoyment of this film. Right, hold on, back up a bit. Give us a synopsis. <laughs> right, Spy of Dumpney, Mila Kunis and our best friend, Kate McKinnon. Uh, Mila Kunis has just been, has been dumped by text. Uh, by her boyfriend, Justin who Thoreau. is played, played by Justin Faro. Um and it turns out Justin Faro is a spy. Oh and, my god! Yeah, who who would have thunk it? I did see uh, the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what, how does it go from there? Like, does she end up involved um, in his spy well, antics, or? Yes. What what it is. Uh, and this is all like kind of the opening of the film, is you get Justin Froze in an operation uh, somewhere in I think it's Vilnius, which is the Ukraine, I do believe, uh, and this and drunk Mila Kunis sends us text message uh, saying, right, if you don't if uh, I'm go- if you don't come for it, I'm going to burn all your stuff because he's left this box of stuff in the apartment. So he gets this text message while he's in. What is actually quite a good action scene, a lot of uh, good kind of gunplay, some fighting stuff, a decent chase. Um, he gets this text message, and he's like, "Oh shit, this is terrible." Uh, he says, "I'm going to be there tomorrow to pick up his stuff." So you get them; they've burned some of it. They've not burned all of it. He appears at the house the next day after. She's been visited by a guy that works for MI6, telling her that he's a spy, so she knows as he comes in. What is that happen? At what point would they ever be like he's a spy? That that just sounds like right. There is storyline to kind of deal right. with this. 
Taco. Be, be careful not to go too much into just a play-by-play, which this is kind of turning out to be rather a synopsis. But uh... I'm not because once once I get past this bit, I can I can right. stop. I'm giving you the the general gist, Paco okay. Rodriguez. Just saying, you know, like I know that you guys you do have a habit of. That's some just... pretty big fucking talk coming from the guy that did watch any films. Oh. <laughs> so, Faro comes to pick up his stuff. He gets killed in the process. Uh, and Mila Kunis knows that this wee trophy thing is what he came for. And he, he tells her he has to get her get it to this person in Vienna. So that's how they get involved in the spy business. Right. Is this an SNL to... movie? No. No, it's not. Right. Um, see, once you get that, see, once the opening's kind of done and you've got the, the MacGuffin and the, you've kind of got the mission, the film kind of opens up a wee bit um, and it becomes Dumb quite... Dumber? No, it's... It wishes... No, because it's not really, it's not a screwball kind of hijinks comedy as the tra- the trailer kind of makes it out to be. It's a lot more, plays a lot more evenly like a good kind of, uh, I don't want to say a Jason Bourne film, but it tries it tries to follow more of a, more of an espionage style film, but with moments of them being best friends and kind of being excited about what uh, being on this mission and um them kind of growing as as best friends within that um there was, there was a good couple of moments, good couple of times when i laughed which is good for a comedy i suppose uh some of the action scenes are actually really well done uh and it's quite violent how, bloody how do you do action places. sequences and stuff like that in these fight sequences when the two of them are just normal people though like well see that's the thing it's more so the action happens around, around them right, right, okay. right. Um, like there's a there's a couple of conceits where there's a bit where Mila Kunis just flat out drops a guy two shots in the chest no problem but they've built that up with in the opening scene, you see her playing video games, like kind of gun games, mm-hmm. and they crack the line of, I play a lot of video games. Um, and there's... So a lot of the scenes are... Ha- a lot of the action is to do with the MI6 guy, who's kind of following them around now, because he was after what they're after, what they have. Okay. So it's a lot of... Kind of well, see, no, he doesn't. But, <laughs> but there's a lot. there's a lot of... Uh, you think people are going to be the bad guy they're not, they think this person is the bad guy they're not, and it kind of it's, it ties it together well uh, there's some good cameos um, Gillian Anderson's pretty good as the kind of head of the of MI6 uh, Jane Curtin and Paul Reiser are both pretty funny uh, they are uh, Kate McKinnon's characters um, mother and father Oh, uh, man, geez, oh. Yeah, I was I was amazed when I saw him. It was good. Um, it's one of these films. It's it's a film which is made for a female audience, but there's enough in it. I felt to keep uh, like guys happy. There's a lot of action. 
in the two main performances are are pretty solid for the type of film that it is. Uh, Kate McKinnon, I think, will be a sticking point for some people because it depends on your enjoyment of her shtick. Yeah, and she was the best thing in the the Ghostbusters movie. I thought, like, I actually yeah, I I, I completely agree with that, and I and I like Kate McKinnon, Same. but uh, there's points in this where it's uh, maybe a wee bit over the top. Yeah, like, that's why. But again, but again, there's two bits in the film where uh, she gets somebody says to her, uh, "You're a bit much." And that comes back into play, and in that she there's a, a best friends kind of heart to heart moment where she agrees that at times she has a bit much. So it's all it's it's dealt with within the kind of narrative of why her character's like that. Yeah, yeah. Is, what was the um, the Amy Schumer film? Was it I Feel Prey? Yeah. Well, first yeah, reverse yeah, yeah, it. I was the kind of I, I kind of enjoyed that as well, but I, and I was surprised that I enjoyed that. I have the same kind of surprise enjoyment of this as I had with that, for whatever that's worth. I've, which, I think which one's better? I think I prefer the spy who dumped me. Right. Um. There's something about I, the name of that that really puts me off. Like it makes me think of Austin Powers, and like I was never a fan of that. Like or James Bond. Well, no, like, I, I get that James Bond's like the main thing for that, but like the, I mean, what was it? The Austin Powers one was this by the shagged me, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, this because it's like another parody name. It's making me think more of that than the actual James Bond part of it. And, mm-hmm. and Austin Powers was fucking terrible. Like I enjoyed it back in the day, but I reckon <laughs> I have to revisit Austin Powers about this is shit. This isn't really a parody movie. Yeah. It's such it's it's more of a film of uh, wrong place, wrong time. Accident, type thing. Accidental heroes. Like I'm quite yeah. surprised. I'm quite yeah. surprised it doesn't go like you said. It like it's not really like Dumb and Dumber, but like that setup of two people kind of you know on this kind of espionage road trip thing to get something somewhere like. With action and stuff happening around them, like it's really, it would be really easy to fall into that trap of like the, everybody thinking they're professionals when they're not. Like similar to Beavis well, and Butthead as well. Like, kinda, know? yeah. Like the, when Neil's talking about it, it makes me. I don't know why. It might be, it might be channeling its inner this, but it makes me think of the Dan Aykroyd Chevy Chase film Spies Like Us. Yeah, kind of. Kind there of, is element. Yeah, element they're, they're, to that. I mean, they're they're kind of two. Well, I think Dan Aykroyd's trying to be serious and Chevy Chase isn't, but they're both mm-hmm. kind of failing. And in that, they're 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 basically going to be set up as patsies by their superiors to go on an espionage mission where they're not great and stuff's happening around them. But in the end, they kind of they do all right. God, that's like such a fucking trope as well, isn't it? That's like the basically the plot for Who's Harry Crumb. It's like the well, plot for to, to be I fair. Spy to to, to be fair, fucking, Spies Like Us was yeah. eighty one, I think it was. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the, idi- the bumbling idiots that do good is a well-worn trope in yeah, cinema. Absolutely, would be about it, like you mentioned. Like that, about do America's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's on me, isn't it? It's not going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I don't think. Certainly, don't think you'll enjoy it, Paco. I don't really think Tommy will enjoy it either. But 
Every, everyone that was in the cinema seemed to be giggling along at it. There was a quite a heavy female audience uh, in one set of old people that I noticed. But, yeah. The, uh, in that 2018 uh, way of things, did at any point they make a joke about fucking social media of some kind? Not really. No. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that, there wasn't... I don't really remember a social media joke. I, tell, I quite like, I mean, not just comedies, but horror films and things like that, especially ones made nowadays. I'm like, I really like it when, even though we've got all that, it's not really used as a factor. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or as a punchline, you know, I mean, like, thing. quite often in horror, especially, though, like, the only time it ever does come up is, like, when it shows you, for whatever reason, the signal's being lost or whatever in it. Like, well, uh, you've got that recent film, mm-hmm. uh, Unfriended, some... Dark, Unfriended Dark Web, and before it was Unfriended, where it is basically everyone's on a Skype call yeah. and they all get picked off one yeah, by yeah. one and I'm like cool okay, I can't, can't wait to see you all being picked off because you are annoying the shit out of me right now and that, that right there is why is, I'm, is I'm that not, is that not slasher horror like, hmm? is that not part of the plot of Halloween Resurrection well no Halloween Resurrection is it's a reality TV show oh it's, it's a reality and, TV show uh, they're filming it at Michael Myers' house because <laughs> it was at the start of the reality TV boom and it just happens to be that Michael Myers has came back to Haddonfield and is wreaking havoc. I think it's, it's wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that the one that we watched a clip of recently where that Buster, Buster Rhymes drop kicks him at a window? Kicks him yeah, the window eye. Farce. Fucking stupid. It is stupid. It told. I mean, you're like, oh, I want to see it. And I'm like, it's as bad as you think. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I it's terrible. It was Did also, you say no? It's worse than what I thought. <laughs> yeah, it was because like, it wasn't like I was hoping for it to be like really over the top and entertaining and it was over the top but it just wasn't satisfying well like that kid being thrown out the window and skating <laughs> you want to be really fast and sudden uh, I'll tell you like a good implementation of like this kind of a more recent social media trend thing in a horror movie mm. uh, in Scream 3 where the the kind of the guy's live streaming his murders as they happen like the mm. actual killer himself is like live streaming them mm. that's no, that, that that was around about the same time as that. Um, like that was like what ninety nine two thousand. So yeah, it was when yeah. shit like that was. Becoming. Like Scream Three is a bad movie, but that was like a good concept within a bad movie. Mm. Oh, I didn't like Scream Three, but I, I don't really remember much about it apart from the end. But I just remember thinking it was shite, and I didn't think Scream Four was that great. But I know you have got a soft spot for the Scream films. Yeah, definitely all of them. Yeah, okay. I mean the three's the worst one at the lot, but I, mm. the other ones are all, I think genuinely good movies especially Scream 1 look the start of Scream 1 is fucking great I te- like with Scream 4 I tend to have a problem I, it's not really I have a problem with anything that tries to make Emma Roberts great because I don't think she's great <laughs> but that's, okay. that's that's my uh, that's my thought okay <laughs> <laughs> so that, anyway uh, Christopher the, Robin apparently the biggest film of the week Christopher Robin Yep, starring Ewan McGregor and the uh, the president of China and Agent Carter. <laughs> Did you hear about that? No, the, um, I, I know about this. Christopher Robin has been banned in China because there were too many memes a uh, stating that he looked like Winnie the Pooh. The president of China looked well, like Winnie the Pooh. The, the Christopher Robin <clears throat> being banned is a byproduct of uh, these memes because these memes were around yeah. well before the film. Mm. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, just in general, has been banned in China. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, Agent Carter's also in it. 
Hayley Atwell. She plays uh, Christopher Robin's wife. <clears throat> but yeah, so Neil, do you want to give a synopsis? Nah, you give it that time. Alright, okay. So the film is based on uh, the Beloved's uh, Winnie the Pooh um, series, but basically it's a new take on it where uh, uh, it starts off with like you see Christopher like it, it kind of goes through like as if you're reading a book like that kind of Winnie the Pooh story. Can we take a shortcut here? Yeah. Is it the movie Hook but with Winnie the Pooh instead of Peter Pan? No. <laughs> no. Uh, Neil's thinking about it. He's like, you're kind of right in the sense. Oh, it's about a guy growing up, but it's yeah. you know not re- not really. There's similarities in some aspects, but. Not really. Yeah, it's like whereas anyway, we'll get to that. But basically, yeah. So it's this this film has more in common with Pan's Labyrinth than see, like I was already right. kind of sold on this, well, and you're selling me on it more, man. Well, like, right, okay. Right. So we'll get it right. Okay, so basically, it sees a uh, young Christopher Robin <clears throat> and his uh, friends in the Hundred Acre Wood: Piglet, Tigger, Winnie the Pooh, um, Owl, and Eeyore. Rabbit, and Eeyore, and he's. Like enjoying his childhood, but then he has to go off to boarding school, and then you get this montage of he kind of slowly has forgotten those friends, and then he's an adult and he's working at this um, uh, factory where they make suitcases. Um, this is a post Second World War, and it's in a lot of financial trouble. And Ewan McGregor, uh, sorry Christopher Robin, um, is kind of neglectful of his wife and his child just through stress um, and. Through the stress, um, <clears throat> his wife and child are away for the college. He has to stay late, but in all this kind of stress, and his child subtly reminds him of these drawings he did when he was a kid. The Winnie the Pooh then comes back into his mind and manifests once more, and uh, is basically there to help Christopher Robin. But it's not in his mind though, because like in the trailer, you see Pooh talking to a punter in London. And the punter walks into a lamppost because a bear's talking no, no, to him. No, 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 right? That's not... That, see see the first half of this film? It can be absolutely interpreted that he is not actually talking to these things, that this is all a manifestation of his mind. It's only in the right. second half where it, that does not happen. It's like, oh, no, like... The, the things are here. And the, 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 yeah, folk are talking yes. to them and that, and that is it. Uh, because the, it's very, it's a very Disney film. <laughs> it, it, it's a film. It's a, it's a free act film if ever there was one. Mm-hmm. And that the first two acts is well, the first act is you get the gist of Christopher Robin growing up, why he has become this kind of not uncaring, unfeeling, but jaded. he's he's become very jaded. Like you see, when he's when he's at boarding school, his father dies, and he gets this position at the head of the household. You see him at school studying, doing all the studying while all his friends are out playing because he has to support his mother. <clears throat> uh, you see him; he then goes to World War Two. Uh, he comes back injured, having witnessed all these horrors only meeting his daughter for the first time when she's like three yeah, years old yeah. year four um, having to be getting in the job in post-war uh, England where he is a an executive no he's got a specific title it's oh, you know uh, oh, shit, what is it? you know in the film Office Space yeah 
you know John C. McGinley's character, him and his pal that come in who do all the who's yeah, the, the bombs. Yeah, who's getting chosen who to fire and things yeah. like that. This is essentially McGregor's job. He's there to bring down costs. Um and he has to bring down costs by twenty percent uh by like the Monday or everybody's gubbed. Yeah, Mark Gatt so is that's, the boss and his, yeah. his dad's company is like we all got to pull together Robin and all that so So the fir- so the first act is him <clears throat> you see this stress and his wife says one day you're gonna break. So second act is he's broken, the mind is gone. He's seen this talking stuff bear. It's making him go to Hundred Acre Wood to go and find his old pals. And it's him clearly visibly having a mental breakdown. Cause the film hasn't given you any other way to read this. And he actually says it. He says she's right, I've broke I have broke yeah. I am talking to this bear. Right, and the cool and the thing being that every Winnie the Pooh character is like you know a part of his persona. Yeah, anxiety, stress, positive. Was that always the case with Winnie Pooh? Was that always the intention? No, I I think this is, I think this is just a kind of modern take on it. Modern because what is kind of cool during this first half is like Christopher Robin. Whenever he speaks to like or Eeyore or whatever they're asking him the questions that he would himself be asking whilst yeah. feeling these emotions and that's why like is this movie good yeah yeah right yeah yeah my as, as I said to Neil uh, it is good it's got a nice sickly sweet but there's a couple of really tender caring moments um but I honestly was just a wee bit disappointed when I found out that other folk can see them. I was like, I yeah, rather see, that that was the case. The, see, that's the thing. Like for all that the first two acts are actually pretty dark, mm-hmm. and there's a lot to there's a lot to kind of chew on in them. The third act takes that Disney turn where you find out other people can see them that they're now in the real world, and it becomes a kind of a bit of a hijinks adventure yeah, yeah, from yeah. there on in which it's not bad mm. it just it's it's a very hard tonal shift yeah does, again, this, does this have anything to do with the people who made the most recent Paddington movies because um, they were well no, received was, as well weren't they like, um, I, I, I se- don't think so I haven't seen Paddington 1 and 2 apparently Paddington 2 is very good yeah. I've just not seen it it's uh, Mark Foster uh, director of Finding Neverland and Quantum of Solace. He's the done this one? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, it has, like, even just from the trailer and stuff, like, I was thinking of Finding Neverland, like, with the, the the kind of pictures of Ewan McGregor on the bench and stuff like that, the, like, very reminiscent of the... Yeah, a... I reckon they looked at that and that's, they're like, we're hiding him, you know what I mean? Because he can do mm-hmm. fantasy very well. Again, the whole thing being it is, again, an adaptation of, is it J.M. Ballard's... Uh, Peter Pan with a little kind of fantasy. Um, <laughs> if it was J.M. Ballard's, it'd be a worrying. Oh wait, no, it was he did uh, the Jungle Book. No, what am I talking about? Who's J.M. Ballard? You're thinking of J.M. Barry, right? Who did? Uh... You're thinking of J.G. Ballard, who wrote Crash, and I'm not. I'm talking the David Cronenberg version. No, he like... also did the one that Tom Hiddleston like was in recently. High Rise. High Rise. Yeah. Yeah. Who wrote? Um, who wrote the? Who wrote Peter Pan? It was a guy from Dundee. What's his name? Is it the same guy who? I don't know. I don't know. 
we'll find that out. It anyway. was G- it was JM Barry, like I said. Right, JM okay. Barry. Right, okay. Well anyway. So yeah, there's no doubt Facts. There's no doubt like like that is why Mark Foster was there, but it is done really well though, man. As I said, like yeah. for the first half I genuinely see if you're like if you're a kid watching that, like you're not thinking about the fact that it's a guy having a breakdown. You're just like, oh, he's going to find his, his, his friends. And he's going to reconnect with himself and about that. But it honestly plays out because he's running about the hundred acre wood like a fucking maniac. And there's points where he he actually uh, falls out falls out with Winnie the Pooh, and Winnie the Pooh just disappears. And you're like, oh, he needs to go find him again. And you're like, yeah, man, this is a fucking this guy's fucking losing it. This is great. This guy's fucking losing it. This is great. It's just as I was like, man, I'm so impressed with how they're going with this film. But then, of course, they do that very, you know, Disney turn, which did it. It doesn't make the film. It doesn't. Shit. It doesn't. It doesn't harm it. No. It just you have to you have to adapt to it yeah. pretty quickly. So, so you guys both like this, but like, how would it work as an actual kids film? Like, is it, I, I, I wouldn't take my kids to this. Is, do you think it'd be too slow, too boring? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I don't think it has what kids are looking for. No, there's not enough. There's a good portion of the film where Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, well, Winnie the Pooh's in it, but like Tigger, Eeyore, Piglet, and that, there's a good portion, but they're just not in it. So I reckon there's a yeah. lot of time they're watching Ewan McGregor running about losing his fucking mind that they would be bored. Yeah. 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 It's not like, like if it was just, if it was just Christopher Robin as a kid running about the Hundred Acre Forest with Winnie the Pooh and that, yeah, kids would be into it. Kind of begs the question then, who is this for? Guys like me who love Winnie the Pooh, but okay. also, but also have deep and confused feelings about their childhood, <laughs> <laughs> which we're like, not going to go into here today. See, see, see the opening ten minutes of this film. It's absolutely brutal. Mm-hmm. Like it's brutal viewing. Like people say, this the opening montage and up is was, brutal view. I was just about to bring that up because it is brutal. Yeah, that this is as bad. Oh, I don't know about as bad, but it's it's definitely, in my opinion, it's uh, it's, it's it's as bad, Tommy. The uh, whole the first ten minutes of this film is watching this kid have to give up his childhood and become this tired, miserable shell of a man. It's can all to that, for, yeah, see that that's why for me this was far more brutal than up. Because I could relate to it. Okay. So, uh, because in Up, it's all about two people who are in love with each other, try to save up to achieve their dreams. There's you can't get behind that. You can't relate to that. Yeah. And uh, when the one of them can't have no. children. Yeah. And, and then, like, things just keep one... getting in the way. Life keeps getting in the way. And, yeah. like, they just... and then eventually, yeah. one yeah. dies, and you're like, shit, this is 10 minutes, and I'm fucking, and I'm nearly crying already, for yeah. fuck's sake. And then the real kind of trauma starts where the rest of the film's rubbish. Not yeah. rubbish, it's just meh. <laughs> up, 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 up is probably the worst Pixar movie. Oofed. Aye, that, that opening ten minutes is great. The rest of that film is just so rubbish. It's, it's it rubbish. Oh, I it's, like bo- that. it's boring. I, I, I like Up. Is it worse than Cars? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, Cars 1 is a better film than You one. are a fucking... It, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen Cars 1. Yeah. Cars 2 is terrible. Oh, like Cars 1 was actually alright. No, it's not. Jesus. Planes was terrible, but that was. Oh, like... That doesn't count. That's yeah. not really a Pixar film. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is this is a good little, this is a good film. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a kid's film, 
but it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I, I, going by the trailer, I, I kind of got what I wanted, but just that wee bit at the end kind of brought it back to reality. Like, this is a Disney film. Um, it's not Pan's Labyrinth. Does it have like a traditional villain? Is there like an, an actual, you know, a person, like an antagonist in the film? Or is it just No, like, well, not really. Well. It's more, it's, he's presented with like the fact that if he doesn't do this, it's going to, it means he's going to have to lay off a lot of folk. And that that's really what it is. I mean, Mark the, Gattis is maybe the villain, but he's not really a villain. You know right. what I mean? The, the, the villain, I suppose, is kind of just, it's the modern world. The, in a sense, kind of post-war capitalism as the villain. It's very 2018. It's very woke. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's that whole thing of like, you know, how great was it being a kid and having such fun, but now you're an adult and you've got responsibilities. You can't really go back to that. But then Christopher Robin has the opportunity to go back to that. Okay. Anyway. But... You guys got anything else to add? No, that was a, was a good film. Don't, no, don't, don't, it's good. Don't, yeah, go and see it. Yeah, don't be fooled by the sweet, sickly Disney-ness of it. It's actually, it's got, it's got layers. Okay. It's not like, you know, The Life of Timothy Green. Remember that shit? I don't. Yeah. What's that? Ah, rubbish. What was it? It's a crappy Disney movie from ages ago. I just remember watching bits of it in the audience. Is that the one where it's like the wee... sickly fucking sweet shite. Is that the one where like the wee boy in like a tree fucking comes to life in his garden or some shit? In like, yeah. Aye. Or some shit, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, or some shit. Uh, join us next week. Um, I will have watched Equalizer 2 by then and Festival and... Fuck, what is out this week, actually? What have been releases? Well, I believe, is it not Black Klansman? Oh, right. I'll watch that as well. Yeah, I'll have watched that by next time. Mm-hmm. And Paco may have watched it. I mean, I probably won't even be here. Because uh, on, on Saturday I'm doing the West Island Way. This Saturday? Yeah. Okay. So, it just depends on whether or not I'll make it back in time for a recording. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, maybe if we've seen you guys it. can still do a show though. If we've seen, yeah, if, yeah, if we've seen the stuff before Friday, then maybe we can do that then. I will not have seen the stuff before Friday. It's Friday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I keep yeah. thinking today's uh, Monday or Wednesday. We're doing a fucking podcast two days in I a know. row. Jesus, I can't imagine that. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Right, <laughs> so I what's happened since yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, what's happened? Less than twenty-four hours ago, uh, I went and seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, possibly next week we might have done something. No, as I said, you guys can still record the show. All right, don't worry, Netherlands, we ain't going nowhere. Well, yeah. we'll have we'll have something for you people. Yeah, Paco could maybe we could do it on Facebook Live. Paco could do it via the lock. See, I was I was actually thinking about this though. Like, I've got Skype in my phone, so like, could I just like you guys have got the recording stuff on this PC? Hmm. So if I Skype yeah. in. To this, yeah. like it should just that, work. that should that should work. Yeah, because yeah. I was thinking about this for when I'm in Mexico, I can maybe Skype from my um, laptop, my tablet, or my laptop. <laughs> you're gonna Skype. You're gonna see me and Neil comfortably in our homes talking about films and Paco possibly eaten by wolves <laughs> in Scotland. That in, would be some feat, mate. That would be like that film that we discussed. <laughs> the Grey, Hold the Dark. Oh man, if I see if you punched a wolf live on Skype, that'd be so sweet. You know that there are no wolves in Britain, right? 
that we know of. That we know of. Okay. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly. Funny um, enough, like uh, one of the concerns I had for like, I'll, I'll be using like kind of just my tent uh, for most of this. Can you not? Can you save some battery this time? I've got. I bought like a gigantic battery pack that is enough to charge the phone. Like, fuck. It's it's pretty big. It's quite heavy actually. But like, uh, it also doubles up as a torch, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but just um, make sure you leave some shit so that like you can contact folk when or if you get attacked by wolves. That'll be fine. But like, yeah, I was, I was kind of concerned that like, oh, I'm going to be just pitching tents and stuff, but not at campsites. I, and I was like, what? What? I don't really know about like suitable places for that. Like, what if I like pitch a tent and it's like right next to like a badger's den and I get like mauled in my sleep by a fucking angry badger? But, like I, I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos. You now, worried, and, like, there seems to be like a lot of like preset wild camping places. So. Are you worried that you're going to pitch a tent and it's going to attract a badger? Just if I, like if I pitch one near a badger's place, man, like you know, it's like get out of my crib, yeah. I'm a badger. Yeah, get out of his tent, huh? And then like if I pitched. get in a fist fight with it, I might end up coming to blows with like the the guitarist of a Queen. Alright, Brian Lee, because he's all about the badgers, isn't he? Well, Tommy, yes, he's got he's going on this adventure under his own volition. So, in the words of Ivan Drago, if he dies, he dies. Oh, that, man. Jesus. And that was Raptors in the Kitchen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can get us at Raptors Podcast on Twitter. You can get Neil at Scorch 8 You can get Paco at Paco RUK. Mind and, uh, you know, he needs to know about where, the funny stuff. Where can stuff. they get you? Uh, at Vast, Descru- uh, Vast Destruction. Um, what other services could they find us on? Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, links on Facebook, links on Twitter. We're all, we're, 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 we're everywhere. Rate, comment, subscribe, That's it. Rate, share comment, with your subscribe. friends. At least we don't start the show. What's up, guys? Yeah, like, What's up, YouTube? Yeah. Hey. So anyway, that was 